Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. We're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you once again from Flowood with Caleb. And today we're going to talk about the Beachbody Challenge. Uh, once again, we are in the midst of the Fall Beachbody Challenge. And we're just really going to talk about the six core tenets, core habits um, that we base the whole Beachbody Challenge around and why we pick those six and why um, they will always be the six core tenets that we always pick. And, uh, why it's such an important thing to develop the, the habit of doing these six things well, because we know that if people can develop this habit, that they are going to be able to achieve all their health and fitness goals and dreams. Um, and it just comes down to being able to de develop those habits. So we're going to a little bit in depth here on the beach body challenge, specifically why we pick these six things to focus on. We probably could have, um, you know, we could try to find a way to, to market the challenge differently or give it a different spin. But at the end of the day, it would be an injustice to people to not do these things if we took any things away or if we tried to add something else just to, just to make it different. And I think that, you know, for us, it's just it's just that promise that if we if there was something else that could give you the result that people are looking for we would give it to you uh but there's nothing else this is this is it this is all of this is everything that we know in all the years uh all the people that we've listened to and learned from and you know across the board these are the most essential tenets of nutrition and it will always be the most essential tenets of nutrition and you can't have you can't have the full spectrum of health towards your your nutrition without these things. You can't take one away. You can't try to skip on one of them if you want to get the full picture. And so um, it'll never change, and it's just going to be something that we stick with, and uh, the results have sp spoken for themselves, and um, it is, it's a fun time of the year because it's just someone else comes in who hasn't had an opportunity to do it that changes their life and rethink and will sh reshapes the way they think about food. It's, uh, it's difficult because we are all so ingrained with social media and marketing to this is the next greatest thing. It's better than anything you've ever done before. And every, every messaging that we get is all about bigger, better, newer, uh, more, uh, it's going to help you get more results, that type of thing. But we know all that is just flash and it's just marketing. And we know that what ultimately works is doing these six things and doing them every single day and everything comes back to that. And so that's why we're just going to constantly focus on it because it can sound boring to people. It can sound like, Oh, there's gotta be something more to it, but there's really not anything more to it. It's just about, how frequently you're doing the habits. And so let's just kind of go one by one and break them down. And then we can kind of talk about why that is uh, one of the habits that we picked. And then at the end, we can, can just kind of wrap it up and, and talk about strategies 
um, to be able to ingrain these habits going forward. What do you think is the most underrated of these? I guess, what do you, you know, we all, let's just say they're all on a pedestal. They're all equal in, maybe not equal in value, but they all have a piece of the puzzle that is essential. But um, let's just go, let's kind of go backwards. What do you think is uh, the most overlooked? Overlooked. Uh, I would say probably water. I, I think most, and even when you mention drinking water, pe- people will say, oh, I get plenty of water. I drink... Uh, I've I, never heard anybody say that they did not get enough water. It's they like, all think... Yeah, it's, I, I, I drink a lot of unsweet tea. I drink a lot of, uh, you know, whatever it is. And um, I'm like, well, we're talking about water here. First off, number two, 100 ounces of water. It doesn't seem like a lot to people. Um, but when people actually start tracking it, the first thing they say is, man, I'm peeing a lot more. Um, and I didn't realize how little water I was drinking. And so a hundred ounces of water doesn't seem like a lot. People always feel like they're getting enough water. And a lot of times they'll say, well, I, I drink when I'm thirsty. Well, when you're thirsty, you're already a little bit dehydrated at that point. And so, um, I think to me, hundred ounces of water is probably the most overlooked and the one that people maybe take the least serious. Agree. The water, the water thing is, um, let's just talk about it. You know, we put it in the manual, but, uh, energy levels and focus water can make you feel great at work and you'll feel great in your exercise. We have a guy who just walked in the gym. I heard him through the door, uh, who told me that that was the biggest change for him. He's like, I've been wondering why I've been, you know, trying, I've been thirsty during my workouts and drinking water during my workouts. And I figured out I need to drink a lot more uh, in the morning before I come into the gym and then I don't have to drink during my workouts. And I also find that I have a lot more energy when I'm working out. And it's the same with focus, you know, at work or in a meeting, we think about caffeine and coffee and all these things that are dehydrators, but water is a great way to increase your focus and your ability to focus. Um, when you're hydrated, when you get dehydrated, you get fatigued, you don't think clearly. And so all the things you associate with how you go in the desert, you know, the picture of the person going through the desert dehydrated and they start thinking funny and they're, you know, they're hallucinating all those things. Dehydration is, is not, it doesn't mean that you're in the desert and can barely walk, but you may not realize that, you know, your legs feel a little bit heavy or you're not, you're not as quick witted. You might not think as clearly. A lot of that is signs of dehydration, even if it is just slight. It doesn't have to be extreme. Your body will not operate optimally if you are dehydrated, even a little bit. And so if you think about being hydrated is going to help every one of my body processes. It's going to help my mental clarity. It's going to help my metabolism. It's going to help my energy levels. It's going to improve my skin quality. It's going to improve my health. It's going to improve my immune system. It's going to improve every single function of my body if I am hydrated. If you really realize that, it's exponential uh, progress exponentially better because all these little parts of your body are are operating at a at a higher level if you are drinking enough water so that's the first one uh that's probably the most overlooked um is getting 100 ounces of water every day and it's it's like a cheat code for having energy in the morning if you drink say you get up and drink 20 ounces and then you drink another 20 ounces out the door you drink 
50 ounces before you leave the house, you're going to have so much energy um, that day as opposed to if you walk out of the house dehydrated, just drinking coffee. And you're not going to be starving by 1030 or 11 o'clock and just thinking about where can I go get food? I'm so hungry. Let's go to Zaxby's. Let's get a big meal. It can, you know. Man, you always hating on Zaxby's. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know. Because I'm subtly just like, maybe I'm having withdrawals. Maybe I need to have some more Zaxby's. I think about it because one day I almost did a did an Instagram video because people were talking about not having time for the gym and all these things. And then we go through and like I drive past Cane's every day and I see the line to, it's, wrapped it's to the onto street. Lakeland. Yeah. And I'm like, people are sitting for 40 minutes in that line. We did this at Chick-fil-A a couple Saturdays ago, Sarah and I. Um, this was a couple of days before the baby. We went um, on the weekend. We went to Chick-fil-A and we sat there for 32 minutes wrapping around the building and it was miserable. And I'm like, I'm wasting my life sitting here waiting on this. Um, and, but when you add up driving there and getting there anyway, so, uh, when I think about what hydration does to your ability to make a good health or make a good food decision, water is a crucial component of that because when you are dehydrated, you are hungry and your stomach is empty and you end up making rash decisions when it comes to food. So that's what I think about with water is also, it's a great way to help you make better decisions because you're, you're a little more full. And so, um, especially in those in-between meals where you typically would go to a snack, 20 ounces of water, that can, that can make you feel full for two hours. The last caveat for water is try to get it in earlier in the day just so you're not chugging at night before you go to bed because it's going to affect your sleep if you keep having to get up to go to the bathroom. So try to get your water in earlier in the day. Starting the day off with a, a good portion of your water, daily water is going to impact your whole day and give you more energy. So um moving to sleep yeah just that's said, what i was i was gonna say sleep you will just be the said next it one. and here's the thing with sleep this will change your life when you understand that when you don't sleep your body needs to get energy if you're tired i'm you know i'm in the middle of that hunter you're about to be in the middle of that but um i've gotten less sleep than i ever have in my entire life the last two and a half three weeks and it has made it so much easier to crave low quality junk. food junk food out to eat um, you know, I've been, I don't have the same willpower at the end of the day coming to work. You just get home and it's like bad decision. Doesn't matter. I just need something. And our body, our brain was meant to consume calories in order to get energy. And when you don't get sleep, your body is telling you, I've got to get energy somehow. So it sends signals, um, to your brain that make you think you are starving and you need to get energy. And so you're going, you're going to crave the most high calorie, high palatable foods that you can possibly imagine. And it's going to be a doughy salty with also a little bit of sweet, high calorie food. And so it's just your body telling you whenever you start to crave those things and you start realizing you don't have very much willpower, it's just your body telling you it's trying to get energy when you get rest, you're able to make a better decision. You're not as likely to crave those foods. And all of a sudden it starts to snowball into your eating and the physical choices you make around food. Yeah. So sleep, uh, is kind of like the pillar that everything else is built on. If, if you're getting four or five hours of sleep at night, nothing else is going to matter. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to really have a hard time making any progress. So sleep is probably the most, um, I don't know. The one that people take for granted the most, I would say, the one that people say there's just no way I'm going to be able to get that, that amount of sleep. But if you really do an audit of their day, um, there's time that can be um, 
get gotten back in exchange for sleep. If you really do an audit of how much time is spent on social media, how much time you're on your phone every day, how much time you spend watching Netflix, you can go to bed earlier or you can fit an app in there if, if, if you really were making it a priority. But it just comes down to making it a priority. And so that, you know, there are times like you're in right now of you're not going to get as much sleep, but understanding that you try to do the best you can during that period of time. And when, when he gets out of that craziness, um, really buckling down. So beach body challenge, eight hours of sleep. We, we, we want people in bed for eight and a half hours to account for falling asleep and that type of stuff. So eight hours of sleep is the gold standard for us. We know if somebody's getting at least eight hours of sleep every night, they're going a lot, all this other stuff is going to be so much easier. So we've talked about a hundred ounces of water. We've talked about the, uh, Eight, and a half, eight, eight hours of sleep. Which one you want to go to next? Uh, let's do the 30 minutes of activity. Yeah. I, posted, I posted something yesterday that uh, was within regards to weight and you know body fat loss or weight loss. Uh, and the quote was that running is overrated and walking was underrated. And so what we're going to talk about is we don't have to sit here and talk about the gym and the importance of coming to the gym uh, to, to get that point. What is important is that on the days where you're not able to make it to the gym, that you find a way to move your body for 30 minutes in an intentional, focused way. Um, a part of the challenge is getting 30 minutes of activity. Yeah, you get a bonus point for coming to the gym. It's the 50 workout challenge. Of course, this is a great time to try to make it to the gym more than you ever have because you're eating good. You're probably sleeping better. You're hydrated. You're probably going to feel as best as you have in the gym, uh, maybe in your life. But it's okay if, and it's still valuable for us. One of the five points is not a, uh, you know, a PR on a super intense CrossFit style workout. It's getting 30 minutes of activity. And there's so much value in building a lifestyle around being okay with going for a 30 minute walk at the end of the day. Um, that is crucial to your longevity and your health. And so for, I think for most people that are listening to this, you're probably in the gym. You may be a member of our gym. You may be a member of a gym somewhere. It is okay. If you can't make it to the gym, you didn't blow it. You didn't lose your day. You didn't lose your progress. Having 30 minutes of some intentional activity, uh, can typically, you know, in the gym, it's outside, you know, that's the case for a lot of people. It's a sport. It's something with the kids. It's going for a walk. It's taking the dog out. Those sorts of things can be really important for your emotional health, your physical health, and you can see tremendous progress. So not having this do or die attitude towards making it to the workout of the day and realizing that you get a point for 30 minutes of activity. And that goes a long way when you stack it up to your 80 year old self, uh, those three days a week where you weren't in the gym and you went for a walk. There's so many benefits to just going for a walk. It helps our stress. It helps our mood. It, it gets our, our body moving, our blood flowing. Um, our bodies were meant to move and we just function so much better when we're moving every single day and going for a 30 minute walk, getting outside and riding a bike with your kids, you know, throwing the football with your kids and, uh, or taking your dog for a walk. There's so many things that you can do that don't involve lifting weights that are so beneficial for our body and for our physicality. And so, um, it's just like one of those things that is going to have a big impact on your life if you start adding it in. And so many people just overlook it and they feel like it's got to be all or nothing when it comes to exercise. And that's just not the case. And, you know, walks are something that I've really been trying to, um, 
be deliberate about adding into my life because I always feel better after I go for a walk and I feel like I can think clearer. I feel like it helps my stress levels. Um, there's so many positive benefits. My body feels better. And then not to mention the calories you're burning and all the other, other benefits of it. So 30 minutes of activity, um, is such a, such, such an important one. And I think people underestimate, uh, or undervalue the 30 minutes of activity on a rest day. So maybe you come to the gym Monday through Saturday and then Sunday, instead of laying around all day, if you will get out and move around for 30 minutes, you're going to feel so much better the rest of the day and you'll feel better on Monday as opposed to feeling sluggish. So, um, that's the, uh, the third one. Uh, so we can go straight into the, into the workout portion of it. And obviously we're a gym. We, we know how important working out is. Uh, there's so many different, uh, studies on longevity, um, and across the board, they always, uh, conclude that some form of muscle mass and some form of aerobic capacity are the two biggest um, indicators of how long you're going to live. And we're firm believers in that. And so in order to gain or maintain muscle mass, you have to lift weights. And in order to gain or maintain your aerobic capacity, you have to get out of breath. And so that's why it's such an important part of, uh, of this challenge, because we know how important it is. What's cool about the challenge is that we're not, it has nothing to do with your performance. It literally is just you making an effort to go to the gym and, and the cumulative effect of you going to the gym for six, you know, six weeks, making an intentional effort to make sure you don't miss those days. One, you're going to be enlightened to the fact of how many times you actually probably do skip or things come up. And now you're going to be able to see, oh, this is what it's like to truly average four days a week when I went four days for two weeks and then two weeks I did three and there was a week where I only went twice and all of a sudden your average is 2.9. The difference is, you know, 30%, 40% difference for some people. So that's what I think for us talking about the gym and a unique aspect of this challenge is just realizing, like I mentioned a minute ago, is that you're probably going to experience what working out should feel like. Um, we just talked about it in... Uh, a little bit ago in that last episode on pain. But one of the things that happens when you get good sleep, like we just talked about, when you're hydrated, you get good sleep, is that your pain tolerance goes up. It Things don't feel as bad. Your your aches don't hurt as bad. Your, your entire mental approach to pain and effort, um, that starts to decrease a little bit. Uh, or as far as your uh, acuity, I don't know if that's the right word. We'll go with it you're, you're going to be a lot less likely to feel down about pain. You may feel more optimistic. And so that kind of turns that assault bike workout or those thrusters into a positive. And it can really reshape your approach to exercise because all of a sudden now you've, you see what it's like for your body to be fueled correctly, to be rested and recovered correctly. And now you see, Oh, when I go to the gym, this is what it's supposed to feel like instead of that. I'm tight because I've got inflammation, I'm a little bit, you know, I've got that two-day hangover from Saturday night, it's Monday or Tuesday, and my body still feels heavy, um, I'm not hydrated, so my legs feel a little bit heavy, I just don't really feel like coming to the gym today, uh, all of a sudden you start to put, stack these different habits together, and all of a sudden the gym is redefined in your mind as a positive place, and not a place where, oh, it's going to hurt, and so that can be a really great, I think one aspect of the challenge that people undervalue is truly for the, maybe for the first time feeling what it's supposed to feel like to do these workouts when 
your body is um, optimally uh, tuned up. Yeah, yeah, really good. So we've talked about 100 ounces of water. We've talked about eight hours of sleep. We've talked about 30 minutes of daily activity. We've talked about working out. And then the last two are, are nutrition related and their quality of food and quantity of food. And, and then the alcohol bonus point. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about that. At the yeah, end. we can finish up with that. But uh, let's talk. So let's start with uh, the, the, the uh, quality of food uh, piece, because so many different people on social media, influencers, they usually pick one or the other. They either pick quality of food or they pick quantity of food to kind of plant their flag and, and, and make their, make their name for themselves. Uh, but it really, both are, both are, are very important. So quality of food is really, you know, what, what are you putting in your body? Are you putting in premium or are you putting in unleaded? You know, are you eating lots of fruits and vegetables? Are you eating high quality meats? Are you eliminating sugar or are you just eating a bunch of different types of things and trying to fit it all into your macros? And so quality of food is, going to allow us to get you know, the, the mic the right micronutrients and vitamins and minerals that we need for our body it's going to uh affect how we digest our food which can cause inflammation if we're not digesting our food well um it's going to allow us to feel fuller give us more fiber all these some these important health benefits that we get from eating high quality a variety of foods are acquired by paying attention to what to the types of fuel we're putting in our body I like to think of it as when you have low quality foods, you can still see results, but you're going to have a lower experience. Um, you're going to have a, a lesser experience. It's going to potentially hurt more. So you're going to be hungrier. You're going to be hungry. You're going to have that. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm on a diet type feel. Um, you're going to be, like you said, you're going to be using those calories on low quality fuel that feels worse. Your stomach gets upset. You start to, you still experience some of those things that, um, that maybe you've wanted to alleviate some of those symptoms of, uh, whether it's how your stomach feels, how your head feels, um, how your exercise feels. So low quality foods. Yes, you can lose weight. Yes, you can gain muscle. You can do those things, but it's not going to be a very pleasant experience. Whereas the high quality food is going to give you a lot more food. You're going to be full. You're going to have that feeling of fullness of being, um, feeling like you're getting enough food. You're going to probably sleep better because you're not laying there with your stomach growling, just thinking about what you could go and just crush in the pantry. And you're going to have a good experience with the same amount of calories. So, uh, yeah, aside from just even the mental aspect of how it feels, your body's going to respond better to the good, the high quality foods. And you're going to learn a lot about your body. You're going to learn what foods have you been putting in your body for 30, 40 years that have been giving you that stomach upset or that have been um, lowering your life, your quality of life, because you're, you've thought you've got to deal with that headache or that acne or, you know, that rash or whatever it is, you know, your face getting flushed when you eat certain foods or your heart racing at night, that indigestion, you know, having to sit up and change the way you sleep or waking up in the night with a stuffy nose or not being able to breathe well. All of those things, yeah, you can get the you can get the quantity right. You, you can lose some body fat, but those things are also important. Those are quality of life markers, and so that's where the quality of food really uh, takes it to the next level in terms of your experience. One of my favorite things of over the years of the Beach Body Challenge is people saying exactly that that their digestion has never been better. They they're not getting migraines that they used to get. Their um, their skin is clearing up. Um, so many different things that di they didn't realize was directly correlated to what they were eating every single day. And I, I, I've had this journey myself. And I've talked about it a lot of times on this podcast of 
my blood work immediately got a lot better when I started cutting out some of the foods that I was eating every single day. And so just being aware of that and learning how the food that we eat affects um, how our body operates is so, such a key part of, of this journey. And, and people can do that by um, eating super clean foods for a little while and realizing what happens when they actually do add some of the crap that they've been eating. Uh, and so the last one is, is quantity of food. And obviously that's the calories taken in and the, and the macro breakdown. And we know this is how you're going to lose weight or gain weight. It comes down to calories in versus calories out and how you're going to put on muscle. And it's how so many people are able to lose a, a, drastic amount of body fat in six weeks while also maintain or even putting on muscle it's by getting those numbers dialed in correctly and it's it's the um it's the personalized magic formula for each person to be able to determine how to lose four five six seven eight nine percent body fat in six weeks which we've seen people do all of that and we've seen a lot of people do it um and it's by dialing in the right amount of macros and the right amount of protein and doing it every single day yeah, I mean, it's two parts. We put an A and B. Part A is just your calorie number. So we give people a range of 10%. That one, it helps people realize that they can have whatever food they want. And, you know, that's within the quality aspect as well. But with the quantity, you know, realizing, one, it's never perfect. And no one ever has tracked their food down to the exact calorie because food's not labeled correctly you know, or it's not labeled that precisely. It can't, it's, it's just impossible to do that. And so what we're doing is we're just trying to get really close and realize that if we're doing our best to, to track the amount of food that we're eating, being within 10%, you can make tremendous, tremendous progress. And that's all we're trying to do. We're not trying to be perfect because that's not going to last for sure. And so what we're trying to do is realize like, man, 90%, if I'm within 90% of my calorie goal, up or down, over time, that's going to average out around where I need to be to see the result I want. So you've got that. You've also got the the quantity of your macros. So being generally within 10% of your carbs, being within 10% of your protein, being within 10% of your fat. And so for a lot of people, it's, you know, a couple, like it's first getting the amount of calories down and then it's getting the right amount of those calories from carbs, protein, fat, which are all equally important. We talked about it at the beginning. There's so many fads around trying to eliminate one or trying to overdo one. And at the end of the day, it will always just be a balance of those things. And so, yeah, that gives you some room for preference. It can, again, 10% can be, um, you know, for some people that are cutting their calories down, that's not very much, but what it ensures is that you're not going to just lose weight, but you're going to lose body fat. And that is why people start. That's the product is body fat loss, not weight loss. And so for us, when you educate people on the quantity of food and in terms of they understand their macronutrients, they've, they've just solved food for the rest of their life. When they're 60, how that changes. When they're 50, when they're you know 25 and wanting to put on a bunch of muscle. Every stage of life, every person they ever talk to, it's going to help them educate other people and that's one of my favorite parts about this is once people understand the qual the quantity piece you know this is billions of dollars are spent on people trying to achieve body fat loss and build muscle and feel like they're in the best shape of their life and this is it so it's it's something that gives to every person that does the challenge and then every person that they talk to and their family and their kids they're able to go out and equip people with the knowledge that is how our body functions and how it works. One, one last thing I want to highlight, and you mentioned it, is the 10%. Uh, 
um, that we give people every single day because we want this to be something that is sustainable long after six weeks time period. We're trying to help people establish these six habits. And we know that in order to stick with something for a long period of time, there needs to be a buffer in there for people to eat the things that they want. They love to eat. We don't want anyone to um, eliminate their favorite thing to eat for the rest of their life. We want them to be able to add that in as part of the plan. And that's where that 10% buffer comes in. And if, if they know going into it, that they're going to have this 10% calories this 300 calories to do whatever they want to with every day or whatever it is, 250 calories or 200, whatever it is, it turns out to be there. They, they have such an easier time of it mentally because they can still have what they want and know that it's part of the plan. And there's so much relief in knowing that I don't have to white knuckle this and eliminate everything I like for the rest of my life. Um, so the last thing, and, and you t- mentioned before is the alcohol piece and, you know, alcohol is always probably the, the hardest thing that people fight against giving up. And a lot of people, it's, it's just a big part of their life. And we understand that, um, for some people, they're just going to do it and, um, they're going to drink and they're going to do it the best they can, um, for their health and fitness, but they're not going to give that up. And, and so we want to make that, um, part of the, part of the, uh, the plan as well. If, if that's something that's important, we'll find a way to make it work. But understanding that you will never get as fast results or as good a results, um, as you would by eliminating alcohol if you are going to do it. But we want to make it part of the part of the challenge. So you get one bonus point a week, but not the make or break of the challenge. And so uh, we we talk about alcohol with lots of people and we've seen lots of people lose a lot of weight just by eliminating alcohol. But if you are going to um, drink alcohol during the challenge, Caleb, what do you recommend for people? So, well, I'll just say this. One thing that people realize is they think they can't give up alcohol in the challenge. And it's just a, it's just oftentimes it's just a hobby. And so finding another solution or another hobby that you can, um, that you can replace that with is, is a great way to go for the challenge. Um, Oftentimes people say that they, one of the biggest places they made easy, just free progress was they were just drinking for no reason at all, just because they were bored. And it was usually one or two drinks, you know, at the end of the day, uh, as a way they thought they were doing it to relax. And then what they realized is that it was taking away their sleep quality. So they needed to relax at the end of the day because they were exhausted from not getting sleep multiple nights and potentially for weeks and weeks at a time because they're relaxing at the end of the day with alcohol. So um, understanding what alcohol does, why it's important, sometimes can help people make that choice. So from an educational standpoint, we just help people see that like all you're doing is you're just putting something in your body that is demanding your body's ultimate attention. And so when your body receives alcohol, it's a toxin. Your body goes into this mode where it says, this cannot, I can't function with this. I have to get rid of this. So it just pauses everything until the alcohol is processed. Well, that process of, of eliminating the alcohol from your system takes a lot of work. And what your body does is it, it has to do that during sleep. So sleep, putting protein back to your muscles and recovery, putting carbs back to your muscles and replenishing that glycogen and your energy, um, the hormone production that's, that fat plays a huge role in, all those processes completely halt until you have that eight to 10 hour window where your body can dispel that alcohol. So everything that you do in the eight to 10 hours after you drink alcohol, and we talk about like two drinks or more, all of a sudden that is, is put on pause. It's not going to happen until the alcohol is out. So for most people, that's why alcohol is important to consider giving up. 
uh, or at least limiting to, you know, one night a week and not just the daily little, just the drip, drip, drip of alcohol because your body's always in that mode of can't do these functions that are within my goal because I've got to get rid of the alcohol. So um, your original question that I didn't answer at all was, what do I need to, what do you suggest to people who do decide to drink alcohol during the challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think you answered it. I think just if you can cut it back to one night a week, you're going to have tremendous benefits from that. If you can say, I'm not willing to give up alcohol, well, let's see if we can cut it back to Saturday night. You're going to see drastic, drastic benefits from just doing that. You're, you're the, the recovery process after alcohol where you have two or more drinks, it can be three to four days. And so even if you have that one night, even just limiting, when you limit alcohol, if you can find a way to, to condense it to the experience that you want to have or the friends or the social setting, anything that you can eliminate is just going to lower the time of process that it takes your body and your body can get to a, a state where it's neutral and can start doing all the processes that that lead to result. You know, 80% of your growth hormone is produced when you sleep and alcohol disrupts sleep more than anything else. So having your drinks earlier in the day and trying to cut off drinking by two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, at least by midnight, you know, you, you're able to get some sleep, a little day drinking, uh, a little day it's drinking, a little morning anyways. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start early so, and, and be done. Uh, yeah. If you, if you get drunk yeah, early in the morning, yeah. you just ride it out. Yeah. Uh, no. So that's just little things you can do, but it really just comes down to sleep and sleep is when your body's doing all this magic of the results that you want to come. And that's why you're doing the challenge. So, um, choose, choose to drink wisely and, you know, only, you know, only prioritize those those social events that you feel like you're gonna not you're gonna miss out on if you don't drink and then you know just just give the Tuesday night you know catching up on the news or hanging out just if you can find something else to not uh, to replace with alcohol uh, then I think you're gonna realize you, you're gonna make significant progress for free it's just free progress because you're you're uh, you're giving your body just that leg up on recovery. Yep. So that's the six, six basic habits of the challenge. And look, this challenge is not designed just as something to like, Oh, let's run something twice a year to, uh, or three times a year to try to try to make some extra money or anything like that. It's about trying to jumpstart people into doing the habits that we know are going to change their life. We know these are the six most important things for you to do to be able to, um, be healthy and fit and make progress. And, we say at the beginning of every challenge, the goal for this is for you to do it once and never have to do it again because you develop the habits. And we have a lot of people who have done that and continue to do a lot of this stuff because they're able to do it. And the goal is to give you all the tools to be able to develop those habits. That's why we keep score. And the beautiful thing about it is that at the end of it, it's a direct correlation for who gets the most points is the, are the ones that make the most progress. And so um, that's just a direct correlation to the more often you do the habits, the more progress you're going to make. And our goal is to try to help as many people as we can develop these habits because we know these are the ones that are going to move the ball and move the needle the most for making healthy and uh, healthy progress, fit, fitness progress, being healthy, living longer, um, being able to play with your grandkids, having a higher quality of life, all the things that people join the gym. These are the six things that you need to do every single day to be able to do that. So that's what the ultimate goal is to help you develop these habits. So you hopefully can keep them for the rest of your life. And then after, at, once you have the habits, hold on to them for dear life because you don't want to give them up. 
Anything else you want to finish on before we uh, wrap, wrap it up? I'm done with this. You're done with it. That's no, it. Dusted it. That's uh, we. I mean, this is this is it. You've heard it before. We've done every year. We do. Uh, we talk about this on the podcast because this is something you can share with a friend who's not doing the challenge. This is this is nutrition. This is fitness. This is the best shape you've ever been in in your life. This is what people are doing shots for. This is what people are paying um, absurd amounts of money for meal plans for. It's as simple as it's as simple as these six things uh well five things and then um you know that that little add-on about alcohol just maybe is an educational thing so um no i'm i'm good man these are the habits find a way to create them for yourself anything you got to do to get these habits make that your top priority and you will achieve all your health and fitness dreams so let's move on to the next segment outside the box so real quick what do you got outside the box caleb uh i'm going to sanderson farms this weekend uh we are again we talked about this we're pre-recording a lot of these um so it'll be come and gone when people listen but this is one of my favorite uh events of the year is going out to is it gonna uh, rain? country club and um no it looks like we've got good weather and speaking of we're gonna hit the 40s this weekend so it's gonna all be right. beautiful weather you got football on all the tvs um you got the little box seats not trying to brag or anything but uh we'll be in the sky box um cold drink we'll have football on the tv and uh and getting to watch golf is one of my favorite things you guys hear me talk about it a lot but um it's not as fun in person to be honest because you gotta walk <laughs> you gotta do a lot of work to just go and see one shot but uh it's something about the feeling out there it's just a fun time of year fall fall golf is uh is great so that's that's what i'm doing i uh so <clears throat> i went to this golf tournament a long time ago when i was a kid my dad took me and uh it wasn't called sanderson farms i can't remember what it was called viking back then. it was the viking classic i think it might have even been before that i don't know i was i was probably 10 years old and my dad took me and we were falling around this guy and uh he threw a golf ball to me when he was walking to the next tee and it landed right at my feet and i just i didn't realize what he was doing and i just stared at it and the guy next to me goes he just gave you that ball man you can pick it up <laughs> i was like Oh, okay. I was so young. I had no idea, but he just threw me a ball. I was really cool. But uh, I remember walking around with my dad and watching it, and uh, it's pretty slow, pretty slow. But it is fun. It's nice to be outside in the uh, in the uh, in the environment. It's so. more just like yeah, just walking around and just being outside for a little bit. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got anything to recommend before we uh, wrap it up? Man, I got a lot of things to recommend. We're learning a lot. Okay. Um, but here's what I'll recommend: is the Diaper Genie. Do you have one already? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're ready? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to use it? Have Mm-mm. you practiced? Okay, because this is what I did not know. Claire's been sending me how-to YouTube videos, so I'm trying to... I'm get- looking at this stand, and I'm like, surely that's going to last for multiple days, potentially weeks of diapers. It lasts for a day and a half. <laughs> uh, the diapers were so clogged up in there. That so anyway, you open the thing, you reach in there, you pull, make sure you get them all, and then all you gotta do is just pull it. They have a razor built into it. You just snap it off, tie it, pull it down, and you're ready to go. Um, someone gave me a gift, and this is maybe another recommend. Um, someone gave me a gift one time, and they said they like to give gifts that people use all the time because it's just uh, they feel like it's the best thing you could possibly gift someone. Isn't like a novelty thing, but it's something they're gonna use a lot. And so the guy that gave me this, he said, you're going to use this for the next three years of your life, every or maybe more, uh, every single day. So just know I'm thinking about you. I care about you. So I thought that was a cool way to give the gift of uh, poop controlling, uh, poop containing. Uh, luckily, 
I also didn't know this, that poop doesn't smell bad for a long time. So it, it really doesn't smell, but that diaper genie will help control that when the time comes. There you go. Can't wait to use mine. So I got a, another TV show to recommend, and it's called Party Down. And this is a show that came out about 15 years ago on Stars, and it was only around for two seasons. And I watched it back then, and back then not many people had Stars. It was kind of obscure, but I thought it was hilarious. And then it got canceled after two years. Well, they just redid it this year for season three, 15 years later. And there's a lot of people on that show that were not famous when the show first came out that are famous now. And I'm going to read off their names. Adam Scott, Kim Marino, Martin Starr, Lizzie Kaplan, Jane Lynch. They were all on that show before anybody knew who any of them were. And it is hilarious. It is such a funny show. The basic premise of the show is they're a a group of people who are caterers and each episode is a different party. They're catering and they're all trying to be actors and they're just catering um, to pay the bills as they're trying to become actors. And it's just really, really funny, Uh, mature in a lot of ways. um, So definitely not for for kids, Um, but it's on Amazon Prime now, and it's a you know quick thirty minute show. Really, really funny. I I just laugh out loud. We're we're rewatching the first two seasons again, and I'm gonna watch the third season afterwards. So, um, it's it's kind of the Office esque, maybe a little bit without the interviews, but it's just really really funny. So I'd highly recommend Party Down if you like uh comedy shows. Love it. Yep. All right. Uh, well, I'm gonna watch that because yeah, I good. have not seen it. I've seen it on. It's on HBO now. It's on Max. Uh, or is it I've, still on I've been watching it on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. All right. I think they moved it, but I've seen that for years, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of old. I haven't, but I had no idea that all yeah. those people were on there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it 15 years ago, rewatching it now. It's it's kind of funny because they're all on flip phones and having trouble texting and all that type of stuff. Obviously, it's aged in some ways, but I'm really looking forward to see what they did with season three. And there's also every almost every episode has a pretty famous uh, person as a guest star that you would you would recognize um, as well. So really funny show. Check it out. All right. That's it for this week. We will catch you next time. silky smooth sounds.